The young linebackers of the Dallas Cowboys stepped up in a big way in week six. All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Doing good. You know, I just uh, got a chance to break down the defensive tape, so I'm excited to talk about that. There's lots of uh, interesting nuggets there, uh, lots of positivity to talk about, so I'm excited. Yeah, and let's start with the linebackers because I was really concerned going into this game without Leighton Van Der Esch. The linebackers were just going to get exposed, that Kellen Moore and Justin Herbert were going to pick on the linebackers all game long. And not only did that not happen, Landon, <laughs> yeah. They were one of the best you know, units of your whole team on Monday. How did that happen? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, you know, what you're seeing is two young linebackers that are kind of rising and, and, and getting better as the weeks. We've seen this with Damone Clark, obviously. You know, it's, uh, it's you've seen him kind of, at, he's, I think he started out really strong and had a couple of kind of mediocre games. But I think it's really starting to slow down for him, and just seeing the field really well, and and, and running and, and make and uh, running like without false steps, and and with level of confidence that he's trusting what he's seeing. Uh, and what you're seeing from Marquis uh, Marquise Bell is a guy that you know clearly has. Uh, uh, and I talked about it in my notes actually. Is is if you're going to play linebacker at the NFL level while weighing less than 220 pounds, you're going to need to be three things: fast smart and a finisher as a tackler and and I think that you saw that in spades with Marquise Bell uh, on on Monday just the ability to get to where he needed to go uh, uh to break it down to not get fooled by his eyes because that's what you're really worried about with young linebackers is especially with someone like Kellen Moore is Kellen Moore going to exploit their eyes right is he going to use misdirection and make them take a false step uh, and, and that that means that they get uh, put out of the play, and and you know maybe that was happening a little bit, but there was so much speed between these two guys that even if they could take, even if they took a false step, they were still getting where they needed to go. Austin Eckler wasn't beating anybody to the corner, you know. There was no there was no sweeps or or anything going outside that that, that was going to outrun Clark and Bell, and 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 you know whether it was uh, uh, pulling the trigger and coming downhill and making tackles in the back backfield in a way that we just haven't seen them do uh specifically uh, clark do recently it's, that's really he started to step up in or bell making you know tackles out in space against the starting running back you know uh, for to save a touchdown uh they were yeah i think you said it they were a concern going into the game like maybe the biggest defensive concern going into the game uh, but I, I think, you know, grading wise, whether you trust PFF or whether you trust your eyes, I think it's hard to, to argue that they were two of the best players on the defense line, uh, Monday. I'm not super surprised by Damone Clark playing well because 
Yeah, he's, been, I mean, he, he's done this. Like, and he we see the development to this, right? Like yeah. with him, he's an SEC linebacker who has a lot of snaps. Who showed this at times last year? Um, I am surprised with Marquis Bell because Marquis Bell was on the fifty-three man roster last year, but was playing a safety and was there was a lot of games he just wasn't active. To make the switch to linebacker just kind of late in August, and then to put up that game, I mean, I don't. I don't want to say it's the best linebacker game I've seen from the Cowboys in the last several years, but it was <laughs> shocking the amount of big plays that he created. Uh, it, there was a sack that he had. There was, uh, you know, the sideline tackle to Austin Eckler. He blitzed a couple times and coverage. He was phenomenal. I mean, it was great in coverage. Yeah. Shocking. Shocking how good he was. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think you said it too. It's like, it's not even just what, what we've seen before with a lot of these guys, especially the kind of smaller, faster guys, is they put themselves in the position a lot because of their speed. They can get to where they need to go to, even if they make a mistake with their eyes. Like we said, you know, these smaller, quicker linebackers can usually get where they need to go in order to kind of correct it. What we don't usually see is the high level of consistent tackling uh, and, and the ability to singularly take down guys in, in, on on their own you know like that's that's i think where usually when you see these kind of run and hit linebackers it's in a, it's in a defense where i mean this is not that this defense isn't this but it's in a defense where everybody's rallying to tackle the the, the ball carrier uh and, and it's about the will linebacker getting that initial hit and slowing him down and waiting for the the the, the rest of the crew to come in to finish yes. it off right I mean, the, like you know, again, I, I point to that Eckler pass into this flat right near the pylon on the on the one yard line. He tr- pulled the trigger, came down quickly, engulfed a, a guy who is probably about the same size as he is, really, uh, and then was able on his own to uh, physically, you know, manhandle him to the ground. Uh, you know, there, there definitely was help that came eventually, but but he did that by by himself, and that's. That's so crucial. I mean, think about all the times that you have linebackers out in space by themselves. And, and and just one more thing I wanted to point out along those lines, Clark was doing that too. There was a there was a couple of different plays where they they tried to stretch Clark vertically with like a, a, a stop route with a tight end where they're trying to push the top end of his vertical zone. And you see them swing it out to the the flat to the running backs, and and, and Clark is so fast that yeah. that 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 you know Eckler was out there a lot by himself, just alone in the flat, and and Clark got there so fast that he limited it to a six yard gain, and it wasn't even just that it was sprinting speed; he was moving it with controlled speed to the point that Eckler couldn't juke him, and he just basically closed off his angle to the the sideline. It, it's just really impressive to see that level of athleticism combined with competent play. And, and, and I think, you know, the Cowboys got very good results because of it. So on Tuesday after the game, we were talking about whether we were encouraged or discouraged coming out of the win. And you and I both said we, we weren't really encouraged. I will say I was encouraged about the linebackers. It does make me feel like they can survive not only this next three or four game stretch without Lane Vanderish, and if it happens to be more than that, but that they're going to be okay. Like they're going to be okay at the linebacker position because Damone Clark seems like he's made at least a little bit of a leap in year two. And Marquise Bell is just a revelation. Like he really reminds me of like a young Deion Jones in Dan Quinn's defense. And and, and a, a big part of it too that we should mention is the defensive tackle play has been incredible yeah. the last few weeks. I mean, Mozzie is playing his best. Mozzie played his best game last uh, Monday. Uh, uh, Jonathan Hankins played fantastic. Osa, Osa is 
Osa's a star, you know, like, I mean, he's, uh, he is, uh, if he, he, he should be in the Pro Bowl this year. I mean, like, that's the level that this guy is Not playing at right now. I mean, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that those two, the interior of this defense uh, is as good as it's ever been in, in, in years past. And that's, that's super exciting. Yeah, they're not killing you anymore. It used to be, can you cover up them enough? Can you have enough edge rushers and corners to, to cover them up? Now it's, they're actually you actually helping you win games. Like you yep. saw, the last two games, teams haven't run against them. I mean, I, I know we talked about the 49ers a lot, but the 49ers really did not run the ball particularly well against the Cowboys. And the Chargers aren't as good of a running team, but they didn't have any success either. No. Uh, and, you know, again, the Chargers aren't as good as a running team, but but they also haven't had Austin Eckler the previous yep. two or three games. So, uh, yeah, they got their star running back back, and they still weren't able to do anything. So, yeah, I, I think I think it's safe to say that the Cowboys have a decent run defense right sure. now. I mean, I think our eyes have shown us that. So I don't know if it's something that I, I'm going to want to hang my hat on necessarily, but I think we're at – yeah, I think you're right in saying that if there is something that to be positive about or, or, or looking forward to this, we feel like it's something that can improve throughout the season. You have a lot of young talent uh, in this kind of triangle of the defense and between your defensive tackle and your middle linebackers uh, that, that I think can improve and can get better. And is already, you know, at a pretty decent level. Let's talk more about that defensive line because Dan Quinn had them doing a ton of different, you know, stunts and twists on Monday. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. We absolutely love Bird Dogs because they make you look so good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they just fit way better. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs have fixed this issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like a khaki but stretches so you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird Dogs are functional for any occasion. I've told you guys, I like to use mine on the golf course because it helps you with your twisting and you don't, you don't sweat through them, which is fantastic. I will also say, Listen, I'm not too uh, too proud to admit this, but like oh, when boy. we go out for dinner, my wife picks out my outfit sometimes. She seems like she's been gravitating to the, the bird dog shorts. Absolutely fantastic. Go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NFL or enter promo code lockdown NFL at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That is birddogs.com slash lockdown NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Football season is here, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Host Anitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchups, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and so much more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Landon, let's talk about Dan Quinn and some of the different things that he was doing on the defensive line in this game. What did you notice from DQ? Well, first thing I wanted to point out is that they they kind of were using Micah, you know, 
all over the place. He definitely took some linebacker uh, snaps as well. Uh, they they had him in a three point stance over the center for one of the snaps, which was did not work out well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. uh, they were definitely trying a bunch of stuff. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the twists and stunts that that, that they've been doing, and and you know they've gotten a lot of success in this, and 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 I've got a lot of folks on. In fact, that big you know kind of game ceiling or pre-game ceiling yeah, sack that that yeah. that that uh, Micah got the sack yeah that that Micah got um you know came off of a nice little twist where he was lined up as a three technique and uh, Golson was the defensive end uh and and Micah spiked the B gap and Golson came around and basically took out the inside shoulder of the guard which drew him away from the double team and allowed Parsons to kind of slip off and get mm-hmm. get in there and get the sack um I will say that it does seem like, you know, watching the game that the the Chargers, generally speaking, didn't have a ton of success against the defense. They definitely got some big plays, you know, at some key moments, which and then obviously, you know, (laughs) the penalties. Uh, So but I I, I think if you go back and watch, it seems like the, the time when the Cowboys had the most problems or gave up the most big plays is when. They were allowing Herbert too much time in the pocket to let these plays to kind of develop down the field. And most of the time when that was happening, it was because of a twist or a stunt that had gone poorly. And, and, and whether that's the timing wasn't right, uh, uh, two, there's a collision between your two players just because of the way that the, you know, the, the reality of how the play goes when it actually happens. But it, it just felt like there were times when these uh the stunts didn't happen guys got caught up or 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 you suddenly got you know what can happen is that when you twist guys around and if you're on podcast i'm sorry i'm using my fingers but if you give you twist guys around you know you can get into a situation where you accidentally put two uh defenders with three blockers and suddenly you're you're, you've created a bad numbers mismatch for you well there was one they ran a stunt with I'm trying to remember who it was. I know it was Mozzie and Micah Parsons, and they ended up getting in the wrong gap, and they knocked yeah. each other over. And exactly. Herbert was, was able to get outside the pocket, and he found Josh Palmer for like a 15-yard gain. That happened a lot in that, yeah. in that game where they were just there two was guys a, were in the same gap. Or, or yeah, two or three, yeah, exactly, where they're, where they're, suddenly the looper comes around, the spike guy didn't get anywhere, and now suddenly there's three blockers kind of standing there while there's two defenders basically stacked on each other. Yeah. Neither one of them are going to get anything. And Herbert's just standing there. And, and again – Maybe that is less dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous against any starting NFL quarterback. I mean, listen, they could do seven on seven for days, but especially against someone like Herbert, who literally could throw the ball anywhere on the field from wherever he is. Like, it, it just gives them the opportunity to, to to get long passes down the field. Uh, and and we got we lucked out because Herbert straight up missed a couple of them, yeah. especially on those double moves. So the Cowboys have got to figure that out because. You know, look, they, they have a high level of success getting to the quarterback, and part of that is due to the stunts and twists. But there's also times when, you know, those things kind of leave them out to dry, and, and, and it's a kind of live by the sword, die by the sword thing. Well, but- you saw that in the San Fran game. And I, like yeah. Kyle Shanahan knows, like, the Cowboys are going to be aggressive up front. They're going to run twists and stunts, which is going to give us huge running lanes, right? Like you saw, especially in the first half. Yeah. That's where DQ's aggressiveness can sometimes get him in trouble. And I'll be honest, there's some of these times like on third and 11 where it's like, I don't think you need to, to, to stunt yeah. and twist. I'd rather just see these guys try to beat blockers one-on-one because I got confidence that DeMarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons are going to do so. You don't think you have to get overly cute here. 
Yeah, and it, and it's it's all kind of part of the chess game, right? Is that like the twists and stunts are the reaction to the blocking schemes put in place by the pass protectors to stop the one on one, you know, matchup. So it's like, oh, Mike has got one on one on tackle. Let's let's run jet. Let's to the other side, or let's let's uh, let's let's run protection to his side, slide protection to his side, and so the the. The, the twists and the stunts are supposed to kind of counteract that movement to, to make them think twice about it. But, you know, yeah, there's definitely a point when you can kind of get lost in it or it's just the reality of how the play is executed in the moment, you know, just the way things happen. It can get you caught up and it can get you to a spot where a gap is left open and, and the quarterback can sneak through or get outside and create plays or just stay in the pocket uh, because no one's going to get to him in time. Uh, and again, with someone like Justin Herbert and, and guys like Keenan Allen, uh, that's that's really, really dangerous. Yeah. Uh, what else did you notice from the Cowboys' defense in this one, uh, scheme-wise? Because um, I, I just thought it was interesting how DQ tried to go up against Kellen Moore and some of the different stuff that he did. So what else did you see on tape? Yeah, I mean, I got to say that it felt like Kellen specifically kind of came out early and attacked uh, uh, horizontally. You know, it was yeah. like a lot, like especially early in the game, he felt like he saw a lot of traditional screens to the running back, some smoke screen stuff. Uh, uh, you know, there was the, the that touchdown to Keenan Allen was kind of a quick pre-snap motion yeah. that created space, you know, by getting into the flat like that. So it definitely felt like they were kind of like really trying to test things horizontally early. Uh, and then later, as the game went on, they felt like they were, you know, that they had some success kind of down the field with with the stuff that we had just talked about, and they kind of tried that a little bit more. Um, but they they were not able to run the football. I mean, like they just, they weren't really able to get much movement. Uh, and I think that you know the Cowboys made some adjustments as well. But they, it felt like uh, early in the game uh, they were they were running kind of more traditional uh, you know, looks and they had, uh, you know, a one technique and, and, and they had, you know, one thing that I wanted to point out, they had a center that was the backup center. Cause Corey Lindsley is obviously dealing with an unfortunate heart issue. So they, they have their backup centers will clap and he's in there and they started out kind of putting one techniques like they normally would like, you know, Hankins, Mozzie, uh, uh, Oso had a couple snaps mm-hmm. in there. Uh, and, and, you know, they were having some success there, but it wasn't quite like, you know, what they expected for, I yeah. think for a backup center. Once they started moving guys out of the uh, out of the A gaps, and then having stand up linebackers like Micah, they actually had uh, Armstrong kind of doing that role a little bit, uh, and then moving guys across his face, moving guys around him. That's when he really started to struggle a little bit more. Yeah. And, and despite the fact that the Cowboys did, only got one sack, that doesn't mean that the Cowboys' pass rush wasn't having a major effect on well, Herbert. I think Herbert got hit a ton. Yeah, I think like, I saw the stat during the broadcast that he was pressured on like forty six percent of his drop packs. Yeah, which I think I was the say. highest rate was the highest rate of any single team in, in, in this year so far. Um, it, so it's it's which you know one sack that just shows you. I mean, again, Herbert missed some throws, wasn't perfect, but Herbert's ability to avoid sacks in the sense yeah. that you're not bringing him down before he throws the football is uh, uh like well you know? I, I was gonna say herbert is used to getting pressured a lot because the yeah. offensive lines of the last three years have been atrocious terrible yeah. he doesn't get rattled like he generally doesn't get rattled and the fact that the cowboys were able to rattle him to where he was missing layup throws in the fourth twice. quarter twice that, that, that double move to keenan allen he missed twice yes. which was yeah, which that that tells you how the pressure impacted him in this game. I want to talk about the secondary because it was certainly an up and down 
than yes. from that unit. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including the spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. And with the Cowboys on by this week, why not just sit back, make a couple bets on FanDuel, and enjoy Sunday. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. We also want to let you know about Jace. There is a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be prepared. The Jace case can help you out. Jace case is a personalized emergency medicine kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can customize your case. You can add additional life-saving medicines based on your unique needs. It's important to make sure that you're not caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Go to jacemedical.com and enter promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That is promo code LOCKDOWN at jasemedical.com and make sure that you don't get caught unprepared. All right, Lena, let's talk about the secondary. I want to start with Jordan Lewis, who hmm. did not have a good game. The, the touchdown that he gave up wasn't all his fault. It's a tough it's tough to play that, you know, because yeah. I mean, you're fighting through a lot of trash at the same time. Yeah. I kind yeah. of thought the effort was pretty lackadaisical there. Well, it didn't seem like he was anticipating it, which no. you know you'd, you'd hope for, right? Like, because uh, you know, obviously they're, they're they're in a bunch formation like that. They're trying to get collisions. I mean, you guys, we practice; they practice all the time. You know uh, how to sort through bunches and and how to get through that. You know, it, it, yeah, obviously it's it's a tough spot to be in. You know, you 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 are the angles are even shorter because you're in the end zone. You you can't allow even an inch. You know, so. Uh, but yeah, I did feel like he wasn't anticipating as much as I'd like. You know, I, I think what we're seeing is that Jordan Lewis is 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 a limited player to a you know large degree. He has At this been, stage of his you know? career, at least. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I think they have done a good job of of you know the Cowboys in general are doing a good job of kind of helping their corners just because they they're getting so much pressure. But again, like when they really when they can't get home or they get into a situation where you're allowing i mean not the touchdown but other situations right where you're allowing you know basically unlimited time to run routes yeah. uh, it's it's really tough especially for someone like Jordan Lewis who yeah. is not you know the kind of athlete that that some of these other or guys he, are I mean not the athlete that he was when he was 22 23 or even last year i mean or even last year. hurt foot you know I want to talk about Deron Bland because <laughs> this is like a, a, a very typical Deron Bland game yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, early on in this game, missed two tackles right away uh, that both went for big gains. Uh, the, there was a touchdown that was called back that he missed the tackle on. Um, mm-hmm. And then he makes the play in the end zone on fourth down to knock the ball away to, to give the Cowboys a new, you know, give the Cowboys the ball back. He should have had a pick six. I'm not. I still don't know what happened. I went back and watched that play, and the ball just 
goes I think through he was his surprised. hands. He was surprised how much how, it was just in his hands, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, which would have been hilarious if he had done yeah. the interception. Uh, yeah. But it seemed like after the first half, he really settled down. Yeah. I think this is just what we expect now from Bland. Like, yeah, he's going to struggle sometimes to make some plays, but it feels like two or three times a game, he's going to make a, a big play for you. All right, so I'm just going to pull the curtain back a little bit. When I <laughs> I came into a, a DM group that Marcus and, and John Owning and I are in, and, and I got pretty upset. I was like, you guys need to explain to me why Jordan Lewis rated higher than than uh, Clark uh, Bland. See, I just did it again. Yeah. Uh, and and I and what I realized was is that you know, and I if I haven't told everybody this, I missed the first five minutes of the game. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where Bland had all of his terrible uh, uh, play. So going back and watching the the all twenty two, I'm like, oh, okay, I see that. Yeah, I missed that tackle because it was the first drive. Oh, he really gave up yeah. like two touchdowns on the first drive. And and let's be clear, he got beat twice on that double move yes. by Keenan Allen that 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 Herbert missed both times. And both of them, either of them would have been touchdowns. So don't love that part. But again, Bland doesn't ever stay like it's not it's Bland doesn't ever have like a whole bad game. It's like he has you know like a couple of different bad snaps and then he finds a way to come back and he has a short memory and he's it's, just it's so consistently similar. good. It's very similar to another cornerback that the Cowboys have, Trayvon Diggs, right? Like Diggs oh, yeah. can have bad plays and bad halves. But usually he'll make a, a player or two be like, okay, I, we forgive him for that. That's right. Yeah. So he makes up for it. And, and Bland has been fantastic so far. Uh, I, I think that, you know, look, that was, that had some tough reps. Keenan Allen is <laughs> an absolute stud, you yeah. know, like, I mean, Keenan Allen, if I think if he had been able to stay healthy for a, por- a good portion of his career, we're talking about a Hall of Fame wide yeah. receiver. I mean, he's, I mean, he's that, just that consistent and that good. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I'm not going to blame him for that. It's the Palmer stuff, man. Like that kid apparently is uh, is a lot better player than I expected yeah. as well. So uh, I, I also thought that Gilly had a pretty kind of up and down game. But I mean, I think for the most part, obviously finishing the game is is, is a pretty big win for us. Uh, and I think overall he had a positive game. Uh, yeah. But there's yeah. definitely he got that stupid pass interference call, which was absolutely ridiculous near the end zone. Um, and I'm, then, I'm you know, not give, I'm not knocking him for that one at all. I'm not either. Uh, and, and then just like, you know, a couple different spots where, you know, they can't kind of ran deep over routes and, you know, people talking about like him losing a step, but it's like almost no cornerback can cover a, a wide receiver on a deep no. over route. If there's no pass rush and he's allowed all the time in the world, it's just, you have better leverage. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought that, it, and, and then just a couple things on the safeties real quick before we go. Um, I think Wilson Wilson had an, uh, an okay game, okay game overall, but I, I'm I'm really concerned about his ability to cover tight ends. Like I just don't yeah, think that he's he's not big he's enough. Not to do that. He, he's just not something he does well. He's just not great in man coverage in general. Yeah. I don't feel like. Uh, Which leave is that to curious why they use him so frequently to do that. Well, I think it's just a function of having him out there at the position that he plays and then calling the defense, not necessarily like thinking about, you know, I know oh, Donovan Wilson is the, is the t- cover of the tight end. It's like you need at a certain point, you need your safeties to be able to cover a tight end, like a player too. Which know? is it's why, like, well, a couple of things. I think they really missed Wanya Thomas in this game. Yeah. I think Wanya is going to be able to be, he's going to be that guy eventually that can cover the tight ends at the same time. I kind of think Izzy Mokamu should be be getting more snaps and doing that role because I think he's got the perfect size and athleticism to match up against bigger tight ends. Uh, he was active this week. He, he was, was dressed active. out. Only and because Wani didn't play, though. 
I'm 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 just I'm just a little confused by that whole thing. And yeah. I guess it's just because of pure safety numbers, but uh, I mean, I'll find a way. Put him out there and let him play corner for God's okay. sakes. Like, yeah, get him on it's, the. Field. It doesn't make sense to me. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen of the day. On tomorrow's show, we're going to answer your Twitter questions, so make sure that you send them into us at Marcus underscore Mosier, at McCoolBCB. Uh, we are free and available on all platforms. Again, we post shows every single day on YouTube. Uh, again, follow Landon, follow me, follow the show Locked On Cowboys, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.